Support for this podcast comes from Outdoor Supply Hardware, inviting listeners to OSHA's big anniversary sale celebration, May 20th through the 26th, featuring daily deals, $15,000 in giveaways, 20% off store-wide on Saturday and Sunday, and a lot more. Learn more at OSH.com. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Madi Bolaños in San Francisco. The names of the three people killed in last week's shooting at an Orange County bar have been released. They are 49-year-old Tanya Clark, 67-year-old John Leahy, and 53-year-old Glenn Sprawl Jr. Six others were wounded. The general manager of Cook's Corner is speaking out for the first time. Rhonda Palmieri posted an emotional message on Facebook. I would like to send my most sincere condolences to the families of Tanya, Glenn, and John, and all the injured and those fighting for their lives. Palmieri also thanked the Tribuco Canyon community. We would like to thank everyone for all your love, support, and prayers. The outpouring of love and support from our community has truly been amazing. Meanwhile, hundreds of people turned out on Friday night at Saddleback Church for a vigil to honor the victims, including Jacqueline Bass, who tells KTLA that she was there when it happened. I got out unharmed, and I'm very grateful for that. And to see everybody come together um, gives me strength. Cook's Corner is often described as a biker bar in Tribuco Canyon, but the community ties run far deeper, stretching back to at least 1926. LAist Caitlin Hernandez explains. It began as a converted beekeeper's house, meant to serve food to ranchers and miners. Then it changed to a burger joint and a full bar. The adored wooden Cook's Corner from today comes from a World War II mess hall from the Santa Ana Army Air Base, which was moved there in 1946. At the cusp of suburbia and nature, the tavern takes you back to country times. You could usually go there to grab a cold beer, eat some nachos, and enjoy a game of horseshoe. It's a place where families and bikers often coexist, and it's popular for spaghetti night and live music. The secret to its longevity seems to be the community surrounding it. Cooks has stood strong in the face of development, wildfires, and now a mass shooting. The place is one of Orange County's most popular roadhouses. That was LAist Caitlin Hernandez. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. 
And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. Get special access to cool events, behind the scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. A growing number of California winemakers have seen their crop ruined in recent years by wildfire smoke. The impact is huge. After fires in 2020, the California Association of Wine Grape Growers estimated that up to 325,000 tons of grapes weren't usable, leading to over $3 billion in losses. Cap Radio's Manola Sakaida has more from UC Davis, where researchers are experimenting with solutions. Just keep the plastic down so that it can spray through. Go down, go down. It's a hot August morning at a vineyard in Davis. The air smells faintly of cinnamon. It's one of the ingredients of the polymer-based solution being sprayed over the grapes by a slow-moving tractor. This product is typically used to protect plants from fungus, but today, researchers with UC Davis are testing to see if it might help protect the grapes from exposure to smoke, too. Naomi Campen is one of the PhD students lending a hand in the experiment. She's tasted her fair share of smoke-tainted wine. The thing that I pick up most in the really bad smoke-tainted wines is like stale cigarette smoke. So like if you've had a night of drinking and you've smoked a bunch of cigarettes and then you wake up in the morning and you smell your hands and you regret your entire life, that's kind of what I get. In a couple of weeks, Campen says the team will cover a portion of the grapes in a cloud of smoke. After that, they'll turn them into wine and test how effective the spray was at reducing the level of smoke taint. I don't think any of us are hugely optimistic that this will be the silver bullet, but it could be a, a piece of a larger mitigation attempt. In previous tests, they found similar sprays only offer about 10% protection for the grapes. But right now, winemakers are desperate for any help they can get. They just want to do something to feel like they're protecting their grapes. But you can actually make it worse, so that's really, really important. That's Anita Oberholster. She's a wine researcher at UC Davis who specializes in the study of smoke taint. Previously, she's found that spraying the grapes when smoke is in the air could actually increase the level of taint. So at the very least, her research helps winemakers from creating an even bigger problem. So a lot of what I do is also just screening. Research on smoke taint is pretty new. The first academic paper on the topic came out of Australia about two decades ago. It wasn't until wildfires hit California in 2020 that the broader winemaking community began to understand that smoke taint was more than a freak accident. Deb Kahn learned that lesson earlier than most. She and her husband Ted own Navarro Vineyards in Mendocino County, which was hit by wildfire smoke in 2008. In more recent years, Kahn says she's had to reject shipments from growers she's worked with for decades. Some facing rejection from many winemakers have quit. And that have just said, uh, you know, this has been too many years of not being able to make money on my vineyard. And I don't think I want to do this anymore. Khan describes farming as a form of crisis management, even under normal conditions. But she sees smoke taint as one example of climate change that will transform the industry permanently. We're old. We don't have to worry about it too much longer. But our kids and our grandkids do. Oberholster says she's noticed an uptick in funding and interest in her research since 2020. In June, California Senator Alex Padilla introduced a bill in Congress that could provide over $32 billion for research over five years. 
So far, some of that research has looked at what can be done to protect the grapes before smoke hits, like sprays. But Oberholster says the most promising solutions are those that treat wine made from tainted grapes through methods like reverse osmosis. It will be very valuable to get a treatment option that is not too expensive and can actually treat wine and not impact the overall quality greatly so that that wine can actually be sold. And perhaps sold in the bracket it was aimed for originally. Oberholster sees the possibility for better options in the next couple years. In the meantime, she says researchers have to investigate every possible solution, even the ones that might only help a little bit. Yeah, it totally smells like cinnamon rolls. For the California Report, I'm Manola Sakaida in Davis. For pictures of the vineyard and more on the research, go to capradio.org. And that's the California Report for Monday, August 28th. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Madi Bolaños. Thanks for listening and have a great day. Support for the California Report comes from Guideline. Their automated 401k plans can be set up in 20 minutes. More at guideline.com CA. Guideline, the California way to 401k. The California Healthcare Foundation. Listening to Black Californians, a new study on how the health care system undermines the pursuit of good health. On the web at chcf.org lbca. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt through the Schmidt Family Foundation, working together to create a just world where all people have access to renewable energy, clean air and water, and healthy food. On the web at theschmidt.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. 